Hi, this is Gary Rogowski for Splinters. Learn something today. You got to turn the microphone on if you want it to record. Cutting edge. That's pretty much where I put myself. I'm on the cutting edge of technology. We are gathering resources to launch our online mastery program. And I have to say that with Rogelio's help, I'm able to do it without. <laughs> There's no chance in the world. I'm so lost. Oh, my goodness. You know, there's, I suppose, that there is a, uh, an analogy I could make to today's topic, which is tolerances, because I have so little tolerance with technology. I want it to work, just work. See, for me, technology is this vehicle that I'm driving with the windshield blacked out. All I can see is where I've been. I can't see where I'm going. I can't see, oh, you know, I need to make a course correction before I hit that wall. Nope, bam, I hit the wall. And then I back up, and what do I do? I hit the wall again. That's me and technology. Rogelio, on the other hand, he goes, oh, yeah, okay, well, we'll try this, and then we'll try this, and then we try this, and then we have a solution. It's great. It's great to watch. But it's a challenge for me. And so um, I I need tolerance. I need patience. But today's chat is on tolerances. This is a story about, um, well, this this guy I knew. Norm was a uh, carpenter I met and was a contractor on this job up here in Lyle. He was the kind of carpenter that I respected. He had standards. This is not true of all carpenters. It's saying something to have standards for a carpenter. For most, no offense, but their idea of a job is get her done, cover it with plywood. We're out of here. It's 3.30. It's time for a beer. I'm, I'm exaggerating, of course. But the concept of tolerances are different for a carpenter than it is for a furniture maker. I know when I first started, I would, I would do some carpentry jobs. I, I was pouring concrete when I first started. And so the tolerances there are quite a bit different than that of a furniture maker. And going from one to the other was a strain. It was, it was difficult. It was difficult to do to get your focus tightened up. Now, for most carpenters, an eighth of an inch off for a cut, get out the sledgehammer. Move a, move a stick over so it's a little closer. That's good enough. A sixteenth is considered precise. And anything tighter than that is just plain dumb luck. My own standards at the bench are quite a bit higher. Quite a bit tighter. I was at the uh, hardware store the other day, and this was brought to light. Uh, Jimmy was behind the counter, and I've known him for a long time. And he was mocking me and my students because one of them had been in earlier that day to the store, and he was looking for a feeler gauge, a long feeler gauge, jobber length, I don't know, they're probably 12 inches long, feeler gauge that was two thousandths thick. That is two thousandths of an inch thick. And he was buying it to check the tolerance of his joints because that's what I told him that I did. Now, now take a dollar bill if you have a dollar bill, and pinch it between your fingers to feel what four thousandths of an inch feels like. Half that is two thousandths of an inch. And this is the standard that I adopted for my joinery many, many years ago. And for some woodworkers, for some, even this is too much slop. It's unforgivable for uh, Brian Boggs, the chairmaker. He's adopted a, a standard that is matched only by the Japanese concept of craftsmanship, which is perfect, is the only acceptable result. Perfect. 
Now, for other woodworkers, I'm completely out of my mind for killing myself for a fit that nobody cares about and few will ever notice. But we all have our lines in the shop. And that's one I decided a long time ago, I've got to have things, I've got to have things at least this tight. Now, for Norm, I have to, I have to say his standards were pretty high. He wanted things done right. And if they weren't, he would tear them out and do them again on his dime. I like that. It made me understand where his values were placed, high up on that tolerance shelf. That was great. It was good to work with him. Anything less than that, anything less than really, really darn good, was no good in his mind. So that plywood floor he put down over the garage floor, soon to be my living room floor, had to be dead level. He had his crew on their hands and knees, shimming the sleepers underneath to make sure that it was level. I like that. I like seeing that. Now, this converted shed, we were turning into my shop, and, and we had a small bathroom, a tiny, tiny bathroom, three-foot square thing, inside the building. So it bumped out from the wall, and it got built, and Norm took one look at it once it was up and said, I don't know what I was thinking. This is wrong. We can put that bathroom on the outside of this shop. It won't take up any space here. You need space inside a shop. This is, let me redo this. This is my fault. I should have known better. And he did. And he tore that, that small room out and put that same bathroom space jutting off the side of one wall of the shop. And took him a short day. And I liked that. I liked that Norm was, felt responsible for doing a good job. He wanted things to be done right. So it was always difficult for me when he and I would sit down and discuss a situation that was coming up or a problem that needed a resolution. This always created a problem for me because after a while, I knew what was going to happen. He had this habit of checking in with me on things that I kind of knew about already. Like he would say something, say something like, okay, we're going to put these soffits in this far out and hang them out over the... The, the walls, and then uh, we'll need to cap them under the roof line with a one-by-two. Do you know what a one-by-two is? And I would, I would grind my teeth when he said this. <laughs> and I would say, yes, yes, I, I know what a one-by-two is, Norm. But I would have to stop myself. I'd have to pull in my horns because he was so nice about it when he asked the question. I, I knew he wasn't trying to, to diss me. He wasn't trying to... He wasn't trying to do anything but explain the situation. He wanted me to understand. He was simply checking in with me to see whether or not I knew anything about the standard sizes of lumber. Very nice of him. Very nice. Except I've been going to the lumberyard for longer than Norm had been going. And, and I needed tolerance when we had our conversations. And it had to be bigger than two thousandths of an inch now. But it served me well to find some tolerance because Norm and I could have a nice conversation about what he and his crew were going to be up to, and I received good work as a result. And that's what I was after. And Norm had the pleasure of explaining things to me. It drove me nuts to have him ask me, do you know what a 4 by 4 is? Boy, I could have told him about the time I was, I was, uh, oh, geez, I was in junior high school. And my brother was in high school already, and he was a football player, so I was starting to lift weights. Boy, I was going to get big like him. And my grandfather was in the back of the yard, and he walked by, and he saw me lifting his weights, and he went away, and then he came back, and he had a 4 by 4 and he held it with one hand. 
held the end of it and just held it up with one hand. And he said, lift this. <laughs> so, <laughs> but Norm would tell me this stuff or he'd ask me this stuff and I swallowed my ego and learned some tolerance. It was tough. It was tough when Norm got cancer and died that summer. Um, I visited him the week before he died just to pay him my respects. The man had, man had skills. Tolerance is a standard that we set for ourselves in our lives, at the bench, throughout the day. And you decide what that level is, and it may change. For the same situation, it may change. I get this. Some days I can tolerate my own stupidity and just walk away muttering to myself. Just don't even, just don't even look. <laughs> just walk away. On other days, I'm completely offended by it and want to scream at somebody for how incompetent they are. And then I realize, oh, I'd be screaming at myself, which I still sometimes do. So I have to learn to tolerate my own short-sightedness some days. I wish you luck with your own tolerance. It has been, if you're not on the West Coast, it has been a very long week. It has been a week of smoke and, oh, it's not even dreariness. It was toxic outside. It was bad outside. Air quality was the worst in the world. And the world looked like it was about to end. This lasted a whole week. And then the rains came, the winds picked up, and it blew it all away, at least where I am now. It's, there's sun and clouds, and it looks kind of normal out. And uh, it was hard to face that, that smoke and that level of depression every morning. It was grim. And I hope folks understand the importance of taking care of this planet. We, are, uh, we have been bad stewards, and we need to shape up or we're going to lose it. Some tolerance of these weather shifts is going to be necessary. Some tolerance for the knuckleheads who decided to shoot off fireworks in the forest is also needed. It's harder to find tolerance for that. But we are human, after all, and we make mistakes. And we will continue to make mistakes as we stumble forward throughout the history that we make. Human, all too human, is a famous title of a book. We are that. So take care of yourselves. I'm off to stand outside and breathe some fresh air. Check out our upcoming classes at northwestwoodworking.com. There is a service called Ko-Fi, K-O-F-I. It's like Patreon. And so when I say buy me a coffee, that's what I mean. You can go to this Ko-Fi.com and and buy me a coffee if you like, if you like what you hear. That would be great. Ask me a question. I'd be happy to answer it. We are putting up a new website um, where we will have more interactivity. So Q&As are going to be a larger part of, of things. And we are also moving to an online platform uh, for most of our classes. So we've been doing lectures and workshops as online events. And hope to continue this. Our online mastery program will start in October. There's information on the website, and you can ask for a prospectus there on our online program. 
I think we can handle everywhere from New Zealand to Newfoundland with our schedule, at least for starters. So this program will be weekly and a series of lectures and projects that folks will build. My only requirements, besides desire to, to do this much work, is is that people have a camera so I can see their shop and see their work and try to maintain some connection to folks and uh, create a new mastery program this year, the online mastery program, which is one letter short. I'm calling it the OMP program. It is one letter short of a really great acronym, which would have been the OMPA, the OOMPA program. Um, you know, the Oompa Loompas were, of course, you know, great woodworkers, I think. Maybe, maybe not. Anyway, <laughs> forget it. Um, we will be, uh, there will be class uh, next Tuesday, Hand Cut Dovetails. So join us for that. That's a hands-on workshop. So if you want to learn about cutting some dovetails, join us for that. Anyway, thanks very much for listening. I really do appreciate it. Check us out on coffee. Buy me a coffee. Check us out, northwestwoodworking.com. Check out our online stuff. And uh, be safe out there. Thank you. Bye-bye.